is rolling and we are back welcome back for episode 46 of the podcast after way too many weeks off um i apologize first and foremost for the time away from the podcast i i genuinely did feel feel bad for missing so many episodes because i do have an explanation or as good of an explanation as i can for something like that but um i do genuinely feel bad because there were a few of you I think I, I think one of the issues of social media, we might as well jump straight into this, but I think one of the things with social media that is so often forgotten is that the people, <laughs> every, every one of the numbers that come up as a view or as a download or as a subscriber, all of those are real people. And I know that's such an obvious thing to, to hear, but... Like, for example, I, I, a few of you listening who are regular listeners have sent me some of the nicest messages I've ever received on social media, um, talking about how much the podcast means to you, how much you've enjoyed the podcast, how much value you've been able to gain from it. And and a lot of them are very <laughs> heartfelt messages. I save every single one of them and they're in like a special folder that I use is almost not in a vanity thing, but more in a reminding myself whenever I sort of feel a little bit hard done by by whatever social you know whatever in any whatever capacity i i often remind myself by reading those messages again and i think that those messages in particular remind me that every single one of the downloads every single one of the hundreds of downloads which is so crazy because i would find myself disappointed with the fact that the podcast would only have a couple hundred downloads per episode but i gotta remember that that's a couple hundred downloads per week. That's a couple hundred people listening to what I have to say per week, um, which is ridiculous because, you know, you see a couple hundred and it's a disappointing number because it's not a couple thousand or a couple hundred thousand or a couple million, uh, which is completely absurd, the fact that that's even something that I think about. But, you know, that's the way social media is. I think you need to... I'm going to speak about it today because I, I've, I've spent a lot of the last... Even though I haven't been making episodes, I have actually been spending a lot of the last few weeks uh, that I've missed episodes figuring out what the purpose of this is, figuring out what the underlying value of this podcast is and where this podcast fits into my overall goal with social media or my career. And I think that I have a more clear understanding of that now, but I I went through a process of figuring that out. And I think that'd be valuable for you guys, but I owe you an explanation. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry if the lighting conditions change a lot throughout this video. Uh, I was too lazy to set up lights. I've filmed a lot of videos over the last couple of days and I just wanted this podcast to be nice and easy, but I did want to make sure that YouTube was also getting the podcast as well as um, iTunes and Spotify. Um, And in doing so, I just decided that uh, I was going to not set up lights and just use window light (laughs) but it's about 3 p.m and the sun sets or starts to set in about an hour um so so hopefully it doesn't go dark on us but we should be fine um so yeah it's good to be back it's really good to be back it's good to good to be speaking to you guys again and I, i genuinely am frustrated with myself that i missed so many episodes but also uh i think I needed. I think I think one of the one of the things I always try to remind myself is nothing's ever wasted. Uh there's like the flywheel idea of life where life is this constant flywheel of getting things moving and and every piece adds some momentum to that flywheel and regardless of when those pieces are made or what impact those had in that moment eventually all of those things will make sense once the flywheel is moving and and I always sort of get disappointed with myself when I miss an episode or miss something or half ass an episode or whatever it is in whatever capacity. But I think that I um I think that the fruits of or the purpose behind all of the episodes that I have done up until this point will become obvious at some point. It's just a matter of continuing to do it. But I say all this like it 
Anyway, anyway, where have I been? What have I been up to? Why have I missed this podcast? I moved house. Uh, head over to the YouTube uh, channel for this podcast and check out the background going on. Again, this is just a quick one that I whipped up, but I've got a YouTube video coming out. So this will be posted on Monday. The YouTube video will be posted on Thursday, and that's a better visual of my new setup. I've moved into a, a two-bedroom for the first time in my life, which is awesome. Um, a massive... I guess accomplishment in my life I see it as kind of a bit of an accomplishment because my last I for reference for anyone who doesn't know I'm 24 years old and I moved out of home for the first time when I was 21 um or 20 no 21 I think I moved out of home for the first time and I moved into a studio apart with a studio apartment with my girlfriend at the time um which was good but the rent was super cheap because it was such a small space and it was kind of like a it was kind of like a halfway attempt at moving out of home for the first time and it it was all pre um furnished and all that sort of stuff it wasn't it was essentially like a long-term airbnb that we essentially just stayed in for a year (laughs) so it was a good experience it was a fantastic experience but it wasn't really moving out and then this place um is obviously a bit more expensive because of the two bedrooms, but I'm so glad that I did because I have my own space here. I'm going to make a YouTube video at some point detailing this space because I'm calling it my highly uh, functional multi-purpose room uh, because it's a room that I film in, record podcasts in, work in, train in, and have my meetings in, um, which is awesome that I get to do that uh, this early on in my career and I have the opportunity to do that. But um, yeah, so I moved into a new place, which kind of threw a, a whole spanner in the works of my momentum. I think that was when I first didn't record an episode. So the first week that I missed was because of the move. And I, I have to be honest with you, I was kind of on the edge of missing episodes for a few weeks before that. And I think it just came down to, and I'll get into more detail about this in a little bit, but I think it genuinely just came down to, I had lost my vision for, there's kind of a a base, I think that in general, if you're someone who's on social media right now, you're on YouTube, which of course you are. If you're listening to this podcast, I would assume a lot of you are, at least trying to build your audience online. And if not trying to build your audience, you're trying to build your careers online as an artist. And I think one of the basic, or one of the biggest pieces of advice that I could provide anyone with is forget about the numbers, but more so than forgetting about the numbers, just focus on the output goals. Because when you focus on output goals, it allows you to kind of neglect all of the things that put pressure on you that are outside of your control. Like if I, you know, if I recorded this podcast and an indication of my success was whether it got over a certain amount of downloads, that's a very shitty goal for me to have because it's completely outside of my control. Does that make sense? It's like if I'm going into this podcast with the expectation of I want a thousand downloads on this episode and if it doesn't reach a a thousand downloads, that's a failure that's going to be pretty hard for me to maintain any sort of consistency because that goal is outside of my control. Even though I can put effort into making a good episode and marketing it well and posting consistently and doing all that stuff, essentially that goal is like one week, who knows, the the network could be down and all of a sudden I have three views on my podcast and that ruins my entire week. Whereas if I focus on my output goals, and just focus on making episodes. Like, for example, if I just set myself the goal today of I'm going to make one episode every single week for the rest of this year, which we'll get into in a little little bit, then that's a very, very clear output goal that I can stick to that's very easy for me to, one, assess how I'm doing, two, be consistent at, and three, achieve. Because I know that if I do that every single week, one, I'm achieving my weekly system that needs to get me to that goal. And if I get to the end of the year and I've done an episode every single week, that's a win. So it's providing me with simple and easy wins that are entirely within my control. Obviously, it's still a difficult goal. It's no easy feat making an episode every single week, but it's something that's well within my control. And I think that the reason why I lost that a little bit with this podcast is I stepped away from that and got a little bit of a... I started just paying attention to the numbers and this happens every single time. It's the reason why I've struggled with YouTube in the past because I start just focusing on the numbers and not even like 
not even becoming obsessed with the numbers. It's more so becoming disappointed with the lack of numbers, which is so stupid because like I said, flywheel, life is a flywheel. It's about getting that momentum and eventually it's like a, it's so non-linear. It's a, it's an exponential graph of growth. And there's so many stories you hear about people that just go so long. I, I have this story myself with Instagram and I still don't see this as clear with my podcast and with my YouTube. And I think that I just started to be consumed a lot by the numbers. And when I became consumed a lot by the numbers, I became over concerned about what the content was I was actually making. And I know I need to, I, I'm always I always make sure I have a clear plan going into each podcast episode. But at the end of the day, I know, and I've said this before, getting an episode out is more important than having a perfect episode. And I started to concern myself with the fact that my views were dropping on the certain episodes. And then I started to think about, well, hey, those episodes, because they're not as structured as this episode. And then I started to set myself a, a minimum requirement of the quality that I expected of myself, even though that was entirely subjective. And, you know, I can't dictate whether I'm going to be feeling up to par on certain days and not up to par on others. And it's, it just became this, cycle of allowing things that were completely outside of my control to a certain extent, obviously qualities within my control, but I can't control how my day went. Like if I have something happen in the morning on the day that I'm recording that influences my mood enough to drop my energy level. So I can't be sort of, uh, um, I can't be, I can't bring the energy required to create a good episode to my podcast, that's something completely outside of my control that's affecting my output. And I think that I just got to the point where I was spending so long concerned about what I was making. I was spending way, way, way too much time preparing the episodes and not actually recording. And then I was recording the episodes the entire time, judging myself as I was saying things and not giving myself. I think the beauty of the first sort of 30 episodes of this podcast were that I just had no expectations. I had zero, zero expectations for what I wanted this podcast to be, for what I wanted to talk about, for where I wanted to take it. And I think that was the beauty of what it was is because I was falling in love with a creative. I was falling in love with that creative. And I've since come uh, full circle. And I'll speak about this because I think... Actually, let me let me speak about something else first. I think... No, screw it. Let's speak about that first. So this is not the first episode I've recorded. I recorded an episode with Visuals of Julius. Julius, um, that episode will be out after this week or next week's episode. Um, and one of the things that we spoke about, which came about because Julius and I were going back and forth for about a week before we recorded the podcast. And one of the conversations that came up was YouTube. And one of the things that I have been confused about for a long time is why I was so I was able to be so consistent on Instagram for such a long period of time. Obviously, I've had bouts of missing maybe two or three weeks most of posting, like taking a couple of weeks off for, but I was never not creating stuff. It was more just becoming disgruntled with Instagram as a whole, not the creative output. It would essentially be the same thing as if I was still making videos, but I wasn't posting them because I was annoyed with YouTube. Anyway, besides the point, and I couldn't seem to figure out why I was able to be consistent for short bursts of time and then falling off on YouTube. And I, I sort of sat down and over the last few weeks and, and really tried to figure out what that was and why that was and, and what I could do to remedy that. And one of the things that I recognized is that I thought back to my my the start of my Instagram journey and Julius and I had spoke about this. So you guys will hear us going back and forth about this in the next episode. But one of the things that I recognized is very early on on Instagram, I was very experimental with what I made. I was not beholden to some sort of niche or style that I wanted to create in. I thought I was back then, but I really wasn't. Some days I'd post a portrait. The next days I'd post a uh, city shot. The next day I'd post a long exposure. Then I'd take photos of photographs of cars and then I'd make an instant, like a Photoshop edit and then I'd do something else. And it was very experimental and enjoyable in the sense that I was able to make whatever I wanted. There was no requirement and pre-thought into the niche and the genre and whatever I wanted to do. And I think that what happens with people that start on Instagram and then migrate over to YouTube is they forget that. They forget that they're learning a new medium. They forget that this making videos is not the same as making art, 
but I went into YouTube with the expectation that I needed to not only reach a certain number of views because I had this perspective in my mind of people will be confused if my YouTube video gets 100 views and my Instagram has 70,000 followers. When in reality, that shouldn't make sense at all because I'm I'm learning a different medium. It's essentially the same thing. A good way to describe it in a way that I've described it in my own head is imagine if I... I went from making Photoshop art to poetry. And for some reason, because I went from Photoshop art to poetry, I thought that I had to make poetry at the same level that I make my Photoshop art. And I also had to make my poetry about Photoshop art. That's how ridiculous migrating over to YouTube is and expecting yourself to be just as passionate about making Photoshop videos as you are making Photoshop art. That's kind of the perspective that I'd recognized and I've recognized over the last few weeks is that I had developed this desire to make, I developed this this need to uphold the level that I was expected of with my digital art in my videos. And one thing I've done to remedy this, I can't remember how I got into this train of thought, but here we are, we're back podcasting again, is I think it, it lets us round it out with, I think if you're trying to get onto YouTube, if you're trying to do anything, if you're trying to learn a new skill, let yourself experiment. Let yourself fall in love with the medium. I think that one of the one of the questions I get asked a lot is, how do you have the discipline to create art all the time? Or how do you motivate yourself to be productive, I guess is a better question. And my confusion with that question always comes out of, I've never had any trouble motivating myself to make art because making art is the thing that I love the most. That's the aspect of Instagram that I love the most. The thing I have to motivate myself to do is post to Instagram. The thing I have to motivate myself to do is make stories and and be engaging and comment on people's photos and do all those things that help move my art. But making art has never been the thing that I needed motivation for. Obviously, there's creative ruts and I get into periods of burnout and all that sort of stuff. But I think that's a result of social media. There's never been a period where I've needed motivation to make art. And I think that the reason or the thing that clicked in my mind is it's because I love making art and I'm passionate about making art first and foremost. I think if you're sitting there questioning why you're not motivated or why you're not as motivated as other people to make art or to take photos or to make videos probably because you haven't found either the the specific style within that genre or that creative outlet that you actually love doing because this career has become sexy doing this for a living or selling digital products or making a living on social media has become so sexy that people view it as something that they see other people do it they see me do it or they see Julius or they see anyone else do it and they go Tom spent ages learning Photoshop and then he spent ages growing his audience and then he's here now. So they go, I'm going to do the same thing. Even though the best thing you could do is figure out what you love doing the most, figure out what you enjoy doing the most and then figure out a way to migrate that into a social media audience. And the, the roundabout reason for why I'm bringing this up is because the thing that I still haven't figured out with this podcast yet is what style do I love about podcasting? I know I love podcasting. I love this sort of back and forth. I love this expanded conversation I get to have with myself. I love doing this with other people. One of the things that I'm enjoying lately is having guests on this podcast and having in-person guests and having communications. Podcasting has always been something I've enjoyed. I haven't quite figured out what style I love yet, but I'm allowing myself to experiment, which is why I was able to make 45 episodes in a row and be super consistent with it because I wasn't beholden to anything. So the way that I'm remedying this for YouTube, and I I might as well segue this because you guys are going to be the first to hear it, is I've set myself the goal of making a video every single week for the remainder of this year. And I've got a whole YouTube video coming out about this, but the reason essentially I'm doing that is to completely neglect the need to make a certain type of video. One week, I'm going to post a talking head video. The next, it might be a training vlog. And the week after that, we might do a Photoshop tutorial or a speed art. And the reason for that is because I want to actually figure out what aspect of making videos on YouTube I love, because I know I love it. I know I love making videos and I know I enjoy it a lot. I just haven't quite figured out what 
aspect I love the most. And I'm going to ignore the views. I'm going to ignore everything else. I know I'm not going to get many views. If I post a training vlog, I don't think anyone from Instagram is going to go over and watch it. But I don't care anymore because I know that I need to essentially approach YouTube and podcasting and every new medium that I go into with the same perspective I did when I first got onto Instagram in the first place. So I think if you're someone who's trying to migrate your audience somewhere, forget about it. Forget about trying to migrate your audience. Forget about trying to to move things and just focus on making stuff and enjoying the process of making stuff. Forget about why... Uh, you've already developed an audience somewhere else and how to get those people over and the certain niche that you're in. Forget about all of it and try to just make stuff that you love because this career is already fucking hard, man. This career is really hard work. (laughs) It's a Sunday today and I'm making a podcast episode. This is something I enjoy doing and I love doing this and I feel amazing when I'm doing it. But it's no walk in the park. It's not something that's easy for me to do. It's not a commitment that I, you know, like there's obviously times on a Sunday where I wish I was just relaxing, doing nothing, watching Netflix or whatever, but like, you know, not very often, but there are some times when I want to do that. So by defaulting and having the thing that you make, the, the most difficult part of social media and the most difficult part of YouTube and podcasting and everything is making the content. So make making the content the easiest part. Make that the thing that you love doing. And by doing that or making it the thing that you love doing, then the rest will take care of itself. Because if you're super consistent, I think one of the things that I've, um, I think one of the things that I've come to learn is that like I, I recently learned 3D art. And one of the things that I got asked questions about is I developed really quickly. I went from not being able to make, I, I went from never opening Blender to having custom, like having my own artworks that I was posting on Instagram that were doing really well within the 3D community within about two or three weeks. And people were sort of confused as to how I learned so quickly. And I got so many DMs wondering how I did that. And for me, it was normal because I love making art like I love the process of making something out of nothing so for me I spent those entire three weeks pretty much like the majority of my time was spent in blender I would get up in the morning and the first thing I wanted to do was spend time in blender learning it or going through a course or going on youtube or creating my own art and figuring out how to do it because I love doing it so much there was no need for me to force myself to sit down and learn because I love the process of making art. And it's the same thing with Photoshop. I remember when I was deep in learning Photoshop, there would have been a period of like six months back in 2018 or 2019 where all I wanted to do every day was be on Photoshop. And I think that that's how you can find success. That's such an easy hack for finding success is Forget about growing your audience, forget about figuring out numbers, forget about growth hacking, forget about, you know, engaging in your community and all that bullshit. Figure out what you actually love doing and be honest with yourself. If you're someone right now who makes stuff and you have to force yourself to make things, then maybe it's time for you to be a little bit honest with yourself and go, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this particular medium because by having the self-awareness to understand that it's only going to help you so much more in the future because rather than doing that you'll be able to find the thing that you are actually good at you'll be able to find the thing that you do actually love doing one of the best dms i've ever received and this has become a ramble this was supposed to be just a quick introduction but here we are we're back podcasting one of the one of the best dms i've ever received from someone was someone who sent me a voice message one time and he goes hey mate like I'm paraphrasing, but I I might make a you I might make a whole YouTube video about this. Actually, I am gonna make a whole YouTube video about this. You guys are getting an inside look into how this <laughs> how my YouTube video ideas come up. So uh, let's put it in a Notion uh, video about DM from dude loving creating not loving creating. Um, so this guy messaged me and he goes. Um, I can't understand why I'm someone who doesn't feel like, what was it? It was like, he essentially just said to me, he's like, I, I don't understand why I 
never feel like putting as much energy into the little details as other people do. He was always confused by, he'd watch other people's tutorials and see them going into like tiny little details in their photos and spending lots of time editing and lots of time planning shoots and and all that sort of stuff. And in his mind, he couldn't understand why he didn't want to do that. And I knew straight away what the answer was. The answer was that he's just not that passionate about photography. But I, and he was still very early on. So I was able to be honest with him. It wasn't like I was, you know, he'd been spending years doing this. He was still very early in his stages and he was quite young. And I sent him a message back and I was like, do you, like, what do you love about creating? And he sent me a damn back and he goes, I'm not really sure. I don't know. And I asked him, why do you do this? And he's like, oh, well, like I would love to make, like I would love for this to be my job. And I essentially just said to him, I was like, look, from my perspective, it sounds like you're just not that passionate about art. It sounds like, or not art, art's probably the wrong word. It sounds to me like you're not that passionate about photography. And then I prefaced it by saying that, that that's okay because he now has the opportunity to go and find what he's actually passionate about, which might be painting, which might be drawing, it might be Photoshop art, it might be whatever. But he had this idea that he had to force himself to make the things that other people make or force himself to put in the time and the effort that other people do. When in reality, the time and the effort that should be in your art should be the easiest thing. That should be taken care of. It's the time and effort making your art or showing your art to the world, sharing your work or making more work or making money from your work, developing a course, developing a product, developing whatever. It's that that should be difficult or not difficult. It's that that you should have to motivate yourself for not making art in the first place. Um, And like I said, obviously right now, for example, I'm not feeling particularly creative. I'm training for an Ironman, which consumes two to three hours of my time per day and also leaves me fairly exhausted afterwards. Um, I'm up early. I'm spending a lot of time building my business right now. So there's honestly just not a lot of time for me to create stuff. So there's always going to be moments where the creating takes a back seat. But if I was to wake up tomorrow morning and have nothing going on and allow myself the time to create there would be no struggle in me spending the entire day making art because that's what I love doing more than anything. So I'm going to finish this particular aspect of the episode talking about this, but that's essentially why I took a bit of a break from the podcast is because I think it was a combination of focusing too much on the numbers and then not knowing whether I discovered that or whether I was getting to a point where I was forcing myself to make episodes. Um, and I think it just take, it, it came down to a combination of things. It came down to, yeah, focusing way too much on the numbers, having expectations for what I wanted to achieve and then having the pressure of like having the pressure of wanting to monetize this and having the pressure of it not performing and having the pressure of all these sort of things and then keeping myself to a standard. And I think I just, I I was consuming too much and not creating enough. And I was spending all my time, you know, comparing my podcast to the podcast of other people's. And I think that I just needed to step away to recognize the importance of this podcast. The other thing as well that I... I did is I sort of really figured out where this podcast come like where this podcast fits in the rest of my life where um you know where over the next five to ten years this podcast sits you know what part of that does that have in my overall brand and I think that the more that I develop the more I develop as a creator and the more time I spend in this industry the more I realize that you sort of want you want things to all be pointing in one direction. And I, back in 2019 and even early 2020, I had a million different things. <laughs> you know, I had my freelance business. I had my freelance social media. I had multiple different branches to that freelance business. So I had my sports. I had my commercial. I had my tourism. I had my wedding business. And all of those individual things required my energy. And then I had my Photoshop course. And then I was doing photography as well as digital art. And then I had my YouTube channel that was kind of personal development. And then I had my uh, podcast that was personal development as well. And I just had so many different things going on 
and all pointing in different directions. I was building multiple buildings at the same time and none of them were really making any substantial progress in any real direction because I was pulled in so many different directions. And I have spent a lot of the last sort of eight eight weeks or however many weeks I haven't been podcasting, figuring out what I actually want to do. Um, and I've taken a bit of a risk lately. I probably won't speak too much about it on this podcast because uh, I'm still very much figuring that out. And I will share it with you guys before probably I share it with any or any other aspects of my social. Um, but you've probably noticed if you've been paying attention, I've been putting a lot more energy into my social media and into my Instagram. Obviously, my course is something that I'm working hard on. We're launching version 2.0 in September. Um, I wasn't supposed to say that, but you guys are my podcast listeners and I love you lots. So you get to hear that first. Um, like, And I think that I have spent a lot of time figuring out where this podcast comes into that. And I think that now that I've pretty much all but stopped freelancing. I've all but shut down all of those businesses with the exception of a few close relationship clients, like my boxing friend, for example, I'm always going to do stuff for him. Um, And then a few of my mates that own gyms, I'm always going to help them out with their social media and that sort of stuff. But I have pretty much all but stopped freelancing. And in doing that, it's kind of made me recognize where this podcast falls in because rather than it being the third Uh, or like another arm, it's suddenly become, you know, another way for my YouTube and Instagram audience to learn about what I do or have another opportunity to connect with me on a weekly basis. And even though the topic might be different, even though it's personal development and my journey through this creative space, it's also, um, become another opportunity for people to sort of discover me and for people to find my work and and like I'm able to market my products through this podcast because essentially my products are an extension of me and anyway this is <laughs> this is all sort of stuff that I'm still very much figuring out which is which is why I'm probably not very articulate with it yet but um I yeah, I, I have a much more solid foundation of where this podcast comes into my life and where it situates itself rather than just sort of going at it blindly, uh, not really knowing what I'm doing with this. So I'm glad in that sense that it's like a, an opportunity for me to be, you know, it's an opportunity for me to make more stuff essentially. The next thing I, this, <laughs> the the main meat of this podcast that I initially wanted to discuss, and now it's become the second half an hour of this podcast because the first, <laughs> the first or introduction went long. Although I think how many times have I said that in a podcast episode where I planned on the introduction being one thing and it ends up being most of the episode, but I want to talk about this today because I feel like it's on the, it's at the forefront of my mind lately and if you guys follow me on Instagram you would have noticed my story that I posted last week about being more honest with how and I uh, let me preface this by saying this I don't think anyone's dishonest on Instagram there are obviously people that portray a lifestyle that they don't actually have there's the whole uh, market of people who proclaim to be wealthier than they are in order to sell you uh, snake oil and sell you courses and sell you ways to get their lifestyle that they don't actually have. And those people are the exception. But generally in our niche, before I say that I, before I say any of this, I, I want to preface by saying that I, I and myself, I myself, and I'll speak for myself, but everyone that I know as well, um, they're never dishonest on their stories. They're never dishonest on their posts. They, they never portray a lifestyle that they don't actually live. They just never portray the other side of it. And I think that one of the things that I've sort of come to recognize within myself and something that I'm trying my best to get better at, which is why I posted that story about a week ago about how what you see online is just not true. And there are times when I really don't feel like doing a lot of the stuff that you guys see me doing. Things like my training, things like reading, things like being productive, making content, that sort of stuff. Um, There are often times where I don't want to do that. 
But I think some one of my friends put it brilliantly, and he's he said to me, uh, and he's in this industry as well. I won't name him because uh, I don't know if he's comfortable with me t- saying that he said this. But he said essentially something along the lines of, "We're all. I wish more people knew how deeply flawed we were because we all have so many issues." just a lot of us work more than other people. And I think that that's a really, really good way of describing it is I do all the things that I tell you. I am training for an Ironman that is consuming a lot of my time. I do read, uh, you know, two or three books a month. I am, uh, I do work a lot and I do often work weekends and I do often spend nights in by myself and I do focus on getting up at four o'clock in the morning as often as I can. But just as often as I do those things, I also sleep in till 9 p.m. I also spent last night out till 1 a.m. with friends. I like. I also sometimes drink a little bit too much. I also do just have days where it doesn't work for me. And I think that no one's dishonest on social. No one is ever dishonest on social. But I think that people fail to post the side of them that's the the not so great side. And then even if they do, Instagram doesn't promote it because it's not exciting. It's not engaging. It's not what people want to see. People want to see good and flashy and successful. They don't want to see someone who's like, hey guys, I'm having a bit of a shitty day today. So I think it's worth me saying that before I go into this topic. But um, I want you to try and remind yourself of that whenever you're on social. Whenever you see my stories, you can pretty much guarantee that I... Yes, I do all the things that I say I do and I do work a lot and I do consider myself to be someone who's very hard working, but I am also someone that is often not feeling like doing the things that I, I want to do or things that I need to do. I often fuck an entire day off to just make things or do whatever I want. I so often procrastinate. I have procrastinated making this podcast episode all day. Um, there's times when I lapse on just about everything that I say I do on social media. I think it's worth reminding yourself of that before I get into this topic. But the topic that I wanted to cover today is self-doubt and limiting beliefs and my experience with some of this because I think it's particularly I think it's particularly topical at the moment with COVID and the last 18 months of that and the whole experience being here in Australia and and um, just getting stuck especially with my Australian friends one of the things that I've struggled the most with is a few of my closest friends in this industry just by the very fact that they don't live in Australia means that their careers have progressed pretty much as far as I thought that I would have progressed if COVID hadn't have happened because they had this serendipity of living somewhere that wasn't as or was affected by COVID. But the the rules around working weren't as strict. The rules around travel are non-existent. There's, there's no restrictions on them doing things. They just had to suffer the health consequences and the risks associated with COVID rather than having the right to do things or the ability to do things taken away from them. And that was a that was something that I really, really struggled with last year. It was a I'm sure I've spoken about this on the podcast, but it was the the fear that I wasn't going to progress. It was the fear that my 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 growth and my career had been permanently stunted. Um, and I think that that culminated in the first half of this year. I have definitely been happier than I've ever been. I've definitely been more fulfilled than I've ever been, but I've also been more concerned and more fearful and more doubtful of my potential and more doubtful of my ability to progress than I've ever been. And I think that one of the manifestations of that is that I felt like I was falling behind. I felt like I had permanently fallen behind. And like I said, my growth or my career had been permanently stunted. Um, and I wanted to bring this up because if I can be honest with you guys, it's, it's, I think it's something that I have spent. Yeah. Like I said, the last sort of four to five months really struggling with. Um, but I've since somewhat over that and I wanted to share with you guys the things some of the things that I did to help move past that because I've a common thread with this podcast that I've always sort of held consistent is the fact that 
nine times out of 10, if I feel something, we're all pretty similar. All of us are very, very similar people. We obviously have our different personalities and different quirks and different ways of doing things, but generally as a whole, we're all pretty similar. And if you're listening to this podcast, we already have a common interest. So that's automatically going to mean that we're going to at least agree on most of the things that I believe in. And in that capacity, I I I'm sure there are people out there who right now are struggling with this. One of the one of the things that I um I was having a conversation with Isabel, my my girlfriend and and we were speaking about how she she's a med student, so completely different to my experience. I know I'm an artist and I ended up with a doctor. Um, but we're very similar type of people. We're both very type A. We're both the protagonist or JNFWA or INF, whatever the personality type is. We're both protagonist personality types and we're both very similar people. We just have very different careers and our lives have manifested differently. But one of the things that we have both sort of agreed upon lately is that I, we've both, <laughs> I guess it might be just getting to fifth year med for her and it's COVID for me, but we've both kind of developed this this irrational fear that our lives aren't going to progress. Um, and it's been very strong for me. And I, I developed this genuine fear that in five years from now, my career won't have progressed anywhere. I genuinely had this thought that I was like, I'm going to get to 20, you know, 2026 and my life won't be any different. I'll be in the exact same place that I am now, if not worse. And I think that um, as crazy as that is, and as irrational as that is, because if I look, if I simply look back five years, if I give myself the opportunity to just go, hey, where was I, you know, in 2017 or 2016? And if I compare that to where I am now as a person in my career, in my craft, in every single thing, it's worlds apart. And I think that although that fear is completely irrational, I think it's a, a fear that a lot of people have. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to... um I wanted to share that. I think it relates to I think it comes down to ambition and creativity because when you're someone who's ambitious, when you're someone who's a creative or both of those things and you're getting into entrepreneurial ventures and all that sort of stuff, one of the things that you experience is the fact that your progress is a ever moving target. It You never really reach <laughs> somewhere that you're happy with. If I was to give what I have now to myself four years ago, that would be something that that person would see as completely unbelievable and an accomplishment beyond anything they deemed as possible back then. But for me now, it's arguably not, or it's, it's arguably not as far as I would have liked to have progressed by now, which is why it's always important to look back. It's always important to reflect on where you've been and where you are now and kind of do that exercise, do the exercise of, hey, if you were to give what you are right now to the person you were four years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago, how would that person have reacted then? And I think as long as you can do that, as long as you continuously do that, then obviously, obviously you should have ambition and obviously you should look forward into the future with I, you know, with the perspective of, with the perspective of, I want to accomplish lots, but it's important to understand that by doing that, you are creating a forever moving target for yourself. You're creating an impossible game. You're creating something that is essentially outside of your control. It comes back to what I spoke about at the start of this podcast and the idea of setting systems and having having actionable goals rather than accomplished goals. It's like if I set myself the, the goal of I want to make $100,000 this year, this financial year. That's a great goal to have and I can set myself a plan to achieve that. I can go even higher if I set myself the goal of making two hundred or $300,000 or $400,000 this year. Those are goals that are probably attainable. No, no, I'm not saying that's going to happen. But what I'm saying in the sake of this exercise is if I set myself a plan of achieving that, then there's a process to get there. But at the end of the day, that's a, that's a, that's a goal that is 
still has elements that are outside of my control. Whereas if I set myself the goal of I'm going to make one or two YouTube videos a week, I'm going to make one podcast a week, I'm going to post three times on Instagram, I'm going to make two new digital products and I'm going to relaunch my course and offer a high ticket offer and a whole bunch of other business things of, you know, maybe I'll hire people and maybe I'll do all the sort of things that I have actually spent the last week doing at the end of this financial year. Those are process goals that are all well within my control that could get me to that point. And I think that as creative people, we have a tendency to set ourselves results-driven goals. We have the tendency to set ourselves the goal of, I want to sell a certain number of artworks this year. I want to sell a certain number of prints this year. I want to reach a certain follower count. I want to have a certain amount of subscribers or views or likes or whatever. We have a tendency to do those. And then by doing that, you are not only setting yourself impossible goals because they're you know, outside of your control, but they're forever moving goals. Because for me, I average, you know, five to 6,000 likes per post right now. And if I get 4,000 likes per post, that's a massive disappointment. But if I had given those 4,000 likes to someone or myself two years ago, that would have been unbelievable. And I think that it's worth remembering that as much as you can. Um, But there's three things that I did to sort of overcome this. This has been an absolute ramble and I don't know if this is at all cohesive, but here we are. I've said that so many times. (laughs) I need to get used to podcasting again, but there's three things that I did to sort of help myself get over this um, self-doubt and this feeling or this irrational fear that my life wasn't going to progress over the next five years. And the first thing that I did was what I'm going to call exaggerated goal setting. Now, exaggerated goal setting, I I initially thought of this because funnily enough, I'm still learning lessons from my personal training days. If you guys aren't aware, I was a personal trainer before I became a full-time artist. And um, one of the things that I learned a lot through personal training was that when you're trying to make someone do something like with their body, like if you're trying to get someone, if you're trying to teach someone how to deadlift, for example, and you're trying to keep them to keep a straight back, Ideally, you don't want them to hyperextend their back because by hyperextending their back, it's going to be in a vulnerable position. But if someone has a very curved back and you tell them to hyperextend because they've never put themselves in a good position by telling them to exaggerate a hyperextension, they're probably going to be closer to a straight back. And that's something that I learned through coaching people with personal training. And it's something that I actually use now coaching myself with goal setting and all this sort of stuff. And one of the ways that I've done this to get over this self-doubt is what I'm calling exaggerated goal setting. And the purpose of this is you want to go and set yourself a one, a three, a five, and a 10-year goal. But the difference between this and normally is the first thing you're going to do is you're going to speak in real time. So you rather than writing down the goal of in 10 years, I want to accomplish whatever, it says in 10 years, I will be this. And you essentially explain your life, like write it down as if like, this is how much money I have. This is what I have. This is what I've accomplished. This is my accolades. This is how I got there. This is what I do for work. This is my business, whatever it is, just write them all down. And you can be as, you can be as materialistic and whatever. It's actually a good indication of, you know, where you value things in life. Because if any of you have read Elephant in the Brain, I think that's a fantastic read. It talks about how a lot of us suppress the real desires that we have because there's this expectation that society sets on us. Anyway, that's besides the point, but be as materialistic, be whatever, in whatever capacity you want to explain it. If you want to explain down to the dollar value of how much money you want to have, so be it. But the purpose of this is to exaggerate. Just be as outlandish as you possibly can. Be ridiculous. Absolute best case scenario example of every single situation you could go through. Exaggerate the fuck out of all of your goals. And in doing so, what you'll actually discover is that the the goals that you set for yourself aren't even that unrealistic. If you go and you set yourself a one, a three, a five, and a 10-year goal by doing the one, the three, and the five, and then the 10, it allows you to think in that long-term mindset and have the patience to understand that, okay, obviously what I achieve in one year is going to be three times as strong in three years, and then twice as strong as that in five years, and then twice as strong as that in 10 years, and then take into account compounding. So it could be 10x what it is in 10 years compared to five years. And I think that by doing this exercise, what you begin to recognize is it takes into account that that saying of you 
overestimate what you can accomplish in a year and you underestimate what you could accomplish in 10, but it also makes you in the same principle as telling someone to hyperextend and they actually end up in a pretty good position. It gives you goals that aren't actually that crazy. It makes you understand what is actually achievable. It makes you go and set yourself and sort of it's it's essentially a way of inhibiting your personal self-doubt. It's a way of inhibiting your self-doubt. It's a way of turning that off for a second and allowing your brain to really visualize what might be possible for yourself because you've premised it with, I'm exaggerating here. And when you do that, you look at those goals after you've written them down and be as detailed as you possibly can. You look at those goals and you go, hey, hold on, I could have three businesses in the niches of these that are all bringing me in this much. I could sell my business in five years time. I could do something that helps me become this person. I could move to one of the ones for me is I think I'm going to move to Byron Bay next year because of this decision. I wrote these goals down and one of the ones that I wrote down was I'm living in a two bedroom house in Byron Bay next year. And then I thought about it for a second and I'm like, hey, that is actually achievable. If I wasn't doing an Ironman, I could do that tomorrow if I wanted to. And by just giving myself the opportunity to exaggerate, it allowed me to really see what's possible. And I think that this is an easy way for you to, one, switch off those self-beliefs, switch off those negative self-beliefs or those limited self-beliefs and give yourself an opportunity to see what's possible. I've said that so many times, but the purpose of this after all of that is once you have those goals laid out, it's to then set a plan to achieve those goals. So if you've got your 10-year goal and your five-year goal, which are the clear ones that you want to focus on, obviously one year is going to be mostly actionable steps Arguably, what you set down for one year is achievable right now. It's just a matter of doing a little bit more. But for five and 10 years, you can then take those goals and you can reverse engineer what you need to do to accomplish those goals in five to 10 years. And it's quite easy for you to do that because five years away is far enough that you don't need to make massive actionable change. One of the things for me that I did after doing that is I realized that I need to learn more about business, sales, and accounting. Because I want to hire people and I want to hire people within business, sales and accounting. So what I did immediately was I went and bought a bunch of sales, business and accounting books that I'm going to start reading and learning about. That's not a crazy, that's not a crazy change. and That's not big, overarching, difficult changes in my life. That's a very simple thing that I did that's action towards my five and 10 year exaggerated goals. So the first piece of advice that I'd give you is Go sit down with the time and set yourself exaggerated goals. Uh, Number two that I did or exercise number two sort of comes back to what we spoke about. And that's just remembering how far you've come. Um, I I don't think Isabel will mind me saying this, but one of the things that I... Uh, One of the things that I always encourage her to do because she's very similar to me in the sense that she has all these accomplishments that she's done up until this point but can't possibly see her progressing any further. It's almost like the actions that she's taken in the past aren't aren't an example of how she's going to continue doing those actions in the future. And the way that I like to sort of describe it is in the sense of my training. um, If you, for example, if I was to, like yesterday, I rode a, uh, I, I did 140Ks on my bike at race pace, which is what I want to race at on race day in 155 days. And it was almost like a test to feel what that would feel like. Obviously, 140 isn't the entire race distance, but I wanted to feel what that would kind of, how I would feel in that moment, how difficult that was going to be. And it was also an opportunity for me to do that once and now know that that's possible. It was putting that perspective in my mind that that's possible. Now, imagine if I was to say do that last weekend or yesterday (laughs) if I was to do that yesterday and then decide that that's now impossible in the future it's now impossible for me to do that on race day like it's something that was never possible in the past that's essentially the same amount of that's just as ridiculous as you saying that hey I've done all of these things in the past up until this point that prove my worth prove my authority and prove my expertise but I'm not going to be able to continue to do that in the future by me showing and going hey this is where I was five years ago this is where I am now but somehow I'm not going to progress five years from now unless I completely stop and spend every single day doing nothing there's no chance that 
I'm not going to at least progress somewhat. I might not progress as much as I did in the last five years, but in all likelihood, I'm going to progress in the future. And I think that one of the things that I do with Isabel is try to remind her of everything she's done. And although that doesn't feel actionable and it doesn't feel valuable in the moment, there's so many times where you're going to do that and you're going to go, yeah, that's great, but I have to do it again. And it was difficult in the past. I think that's a good example with training as well is a lot of my training sessions are really difficult. So the idea of doing them again is quite hard for me to comprehend sometimes. Like a a really good run, for example, is like my PB20K was really fucking hard. (laughs) I know I can do it again, but I don't I don't feel comfortable knowing I can do it again. And I think that that's the same with a lot of people with their accomplishments in the future is they get that imposter syndrome where they go, I don't know if what I have done is possible for me to do again. And it's completely ridiculous. It's just your imposter syndrome. If you've done it, that's proof enough that you're going to do it again. And the good way that I like to look at it is your, your life is about laying bricks and you, each time you do a workout or each time you make a YouTube video or each time you make a podcast or in my case, or each time I make an artwork or each time I do anything that's an action towards my goals, that's me laying a brick. And each brick is not only a brick to build the overall house that's going to be the manifestation of my goals in the future, but it's also an example of why I'm able to be at the level that I'm at. It's building the foundation. And all of those bricks individually represent actions that I now have have the ability to reproduce. And I think as long as you keep that in mind, as long as you look at your body of work as not something that was by accident, but something that you did, you did that. As long as you understand that, as long as you pay attention to that, and as long as that's something that you are aware of, (laughs) almost look at it like you're looking at yourself in the third person. Imagine if you were looking at yourself in the third person and all of your accomplishments and all the things that you've done you would by no you would find no issue with expecting that person to repeat those actions in the future and i think that that's so important and the last one out of the interest of keeping this podcast not super long is share the journey and this is one's one that i've only really started doing recently and i wish i did it more earlier on is i've i have a tendency to be as I think a lot of artists are, I, I've, I, I've always described myself as someone who's an introvert who learned to be an extrovert. Um, I, I enjoy my own time. There's often times where I get overwhelmed by social situations. Like I enjoy one-on-one. I enjoy small group settings, but big social environments drain my energy. I often become overwhelmed in those environments. And I think that one of the things that that's led to is I find it quite difficult to put myself out there to meet someone new. I find making new friends not a not a difficult task, but it's something that I'm not going to I'm not going to just be throwing myself at all the time. I'm going to be quite reserved in the sense that I'm not going to you know, I, I very infrequently send a DM to someone I admire asking to catch up for a call or asking to pick their brain or asking to do those sort of things that you hear so many people doing. I don't often go out on a limb like that. And it's because, you know, I'm not the first person to raise their hand in a conference or in a Zoom meeting or something like that. I'm just not that person. And I think that one of the things that I've learned is that creative people without community, creative people without collaboration, we're our own worst enemy. We sort of eat ourselves alive um, when we're spent or forced to spend time in our own heads, which is why I think so many creative people have really struggled with burnout over the last 12 months. And the reason for this is because when we're in our own minds, when we're in our own space and forced to only listen to our own thoughts, you don't have any real perspective of yourself. It's really difficult for you to see your work the way other people see your work because you made it. It's really difficult for you to see your accomplishments the way other people see your accomplishments because you did them. And we're our own biggest critic. We're our own harshest enemy because of that reason, because we're in control. And I think that by having other people, having people that you can bounce ideas off or even just having people that you can collaborate with or just go back and forth with on whatever, it allows you to gain a perspective that you otherwise wouldn't be able to gain. A really, really good example of this is Simon Sinek has a YouTube video and I I wish I had it. Maybe if I can find it, I'll link it in the description of the YouTube version of this podcast. Um, Simon Sinek has a, a video on YouTube 
or maybe it was on Instagram, uh, where he talks about his his hatred of another author. And he talked about how the two of them would be very high up on the Amazon ratings. And every single day, Simon would spend his time comparing his own work to this author's work. And, and each day, he'd resent this author because this author seemed to represent all the things that Simon was bad at. He saw all of his weaknesses as strengths for this guy. And he was so frustrated by how annoying this person was and how persistent they were and how successful they were. And Simon couldn't understand why he wasn't able to be that person. And they both got brought on as conference speakers uh, on the same panel. And one of the things that they had to do was introduce each other. The, the, whoever was in charge asked them to introduce each other. And one of the things that Simon went ahead and said is, you make me feel, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, you make me feel um, unsuccessful. You make me feel bad because I see all of your strengths as my weaknesses. And this other author that Simon had spent so much time resenting turned around and said, that's so funny. I feel the exact same way about you. And from that moment, they both immediately gained that perspective and understanding to see, I am never going to see my own work the way other people see my work. And that's not to say... I think the overarching message of this is not to say that go out and ask people for feedback on your work. It's more so collaborate, find creative friends. If you're someone who's into film, find other filmmakers. If you're someone who's into digital art, find other digital artists and do this through DMs. And rather than just DMing, one of the things that I've started doing is I've asked to call people. Whenever anyone DMs me on Instagram, I just immediately send them voice messages, ask them to get on WhatsApp and let's just call. Let's actually have a communication. Let's actually build a relationship relationship here because I think that even though they're virtual relationships and even though sometimes these people are on the other side of the world to me, I think those those relationships still have as much weight and still help you just as much as a relationship would in person. It's been said so many times, and I think I've said it in this podcast at least a dozen times, but you really are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So whether those people are people that you spend in time with in real life or whether they're people that you spend time with virtually, it doesn't matter because the benefits are going to be the same. The ideas that they are going to be able to bring to the table, the ideas that you're going to be able to bring to the table, the comparisons you're going to be able to make, the perspective to have someone you admire tell you they admire your work, that alone gives you enough perspective to carry on with what you're doing and then each of you can compound with your motivation and what you're doing and how you feel on certain days and it's just there's so many opportunities for you to build such great community and such great enthusiasm for your work through simply having other people that you work with this route or this career or doing this and being a full-time artist is so goddamn difficult that it's really really only going to be more difficult if you do it alone by giving yourself the opportunity to work with other people to collaborate to bounce ideas with other people it just it's going to make it so much easier so take a leaf out of my book recently start calling people send people dms you'd be surprised go out on a limb like ask to communicate with people i think one of the things that i've recognized is is that 99% of the time people are just as keen to chat with people as they are to chat with anyone else and no one really gives a fuck about follower count. If someone, if you're DMing someone and they refuse to speak to you because you have less followers than them, then they're not really the type of person you should be speaking to anyway. Like really, like (laughs) if that's someone who is so consumed with, and obviously it's different if they don't reply. Usually they're not replying because they get bombarded with DMs. But if someone refuses to speak to you because (laughs) because they've got more followers than you, then really that's not the type of person that you should be speaking to. So collaborate with people, communicate with people, build relationships and share this journey with other people because by sharing the journey, you'll suddenly gain a perspective towards your self-doubt that you otherwise wouldn't. And that self-doubt will only seem more and more ridiculous. And then it's also nice to know that, you know, the amount of times I've had conversations with people who, do the same sort of stuff as I do and do YouTube and Instagram and social media for a living. And the amount of sort of stress that's alleviated off my shoulders when I hear someone say that they have the same struggles that I do, when I hear someone say that they have the same self-doubt that I do, when I hear someone say they struggle with all the same issues of motivation to post on social media, issues of motivation to 
do whatever or issues with you know they're fine whatever it is that they're struggling with the amount of times that I've experienced that aha moment of oh everyone struggles with this stuff is ridiculous and I think that that can only be achieved through sharing the journey with other people so I hope those tips helped I hope this hasn't been a complete rambling mess it's good to be back it is genuinely good to be back podcasting I'm going to be making uh, at least an episode a week from now on Uh, I'm going to be having a lot more guests um I've got an episode coming out with Julius next week. I've got Keenan Lamb. I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. He is a UK filmmaker. Very, very awesome dude. We've communicated a lot over the last few weeks. And then I just want to, I want to make this more of just enjoying. I like, I want this to be a podcast that I can bring one week. I can bring a friend on the next week. I can bring a filmmaker on. And then the week after that, I can get on here by myself and ramble for an hour or so and do whatever, because I think that it's so important to, like I said, at the start to enjoy the process first and first and foremost, and then find a way to shoehorn that into being successful if like for example i think a good way to describe it is i'm in the phase of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks like i'm just putting episodes out there and if one goes well i'll go okay well what did i do in that episode how can i build on that and if and if nothing goes well and it just builds steadily over time then we're okay with that too so i hope you enjoyed this episode i really do if you did enjoy this episode I've said it so many times, but <laughs> if you did enjoy this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with a friend. Share it with someone you think may appreciate it. Share it with an artist, a family member, a relative, whoever you think needs to hear this or should hear this or would gain value from hearing this or you know, just needs to burn an extra hour per week and add an extra podcast to their list of podcasts that they listen to. So it's good to be back. It's good to see. It's good to hear I was about to say it's good to hear your voice, but this was just me speaking into a microphone. Um, It was good to be back, and I'll see you guys next week.